podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. Now, I hope you enjoyed the Liam Livingston episode. It was a belter. It was very, very good fun. Good talking to him with Chris Millard and Jack Brooks as well. Good to hear tales of you living with him, Brooksy. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. He's a really down-to-earth fella, isn't he? So uh, that was a good episode. And thanks for all the people who've been downloading our episodes over the last few weeks. This is going to be our final one for a little while. I think, just with the start of the county championship cricket season, lots of other bits and bobs going on, it's difficult to find guests as well because uh, a lot of people are busy playing cricket, which is good. It's the way it should be. You can actually... Hallelujah. Exactly. That's good, isn't it? And uh, a man who is playing cricket, Brooksy, it's just, your season is just starting. You are on the road to recovery. Well, you pretty much recovered. You took three for four the other day for the twos in a, in a big win. So how are you feeling? How how are you, how are you getting on? You look dishevelled on the Zoom. Good job the podcast listeners can't uh, can't see you. Yeah, thanks, mate. I've only been up a little while. I haven't had a shower yet. I've had a coffee, so I'm half awake. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... It's a bit like my pre-season at the minute because I, my winter, everything was a bit delayed and, and rushed in. But I need to obviously get my body right for playing and to get through the rigours of the first-team game. So last week, I played in the twos at Taunton Vale against Glamorgan, which we lost a close game. Um, bowled a lot of overs, bowled all right, felt good. And then this week we were over at Birmingham against Warwickshire twos and <clears throat> and we beat them inside three days. So feeling really good. So if, if called upon and if required, I could play a first team game now for sure. Um, but obviously the boys got off to a flyer at Lords on the weekend, didn't they? Um, all the bowlers are fit and bowling well. So it's going to have to bide my time. But with the amount of cricket that's being played in the first few months, uh, no doubt, as long as I stay fit, then I'll, I'll get a go. So, um, yeah, exciting times. You know what is good, and you're a cricket badger, Brooksy, so you'll appreciate this, is I just love, on that first day last week, when the season got underway, is just opening the ECB app and just looking down the scorecards relentlessly at sporadic periods throughout the day and just seeing... Will you be on the BBC Sport app, though? Oh, sorry, sorry, of course, that's what I mean. The ECB app's way better, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's so good. You can stick notifications on. And, of course, I had notifications on for, uh, well, friends of ours, really, and, and also friends of the podcast as well. Uh, the Roots, because they were up against each other at Headingley, weren't they? Glamorgan against Headingley and Bill with a remarkable ton, which Joe actually described to us, Chris, as a masterclass, didn't he? So, did indeed, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's high praise from the England captain. Maybe we'll see a um, root, root test debut still to come. It'd be nice, that. And both donning their Barmy Army bat stickers as well. So uh, that was great. Represent. Love to see it, boys. Uh, the- I got a message from Billy saying he was absolutely cacking his pants when Joe came on to bar when he was on 90-odd. Yeah, 90-odd, yeah. I saw that. I think he just nerdled him about nicely. Little half tracker to get you to your turn, right, a little bit short <laughs> yeah, on, the, on the hit. Work it off. Cheers, lad. <laughs> uh, 
so we've got another county stalwart actually on the podcast just to round off this like mini series if you like we don't do the series stuff but we're, we're sort of to round off this little run of podcast that we're doing here on the shackles are off it's dane villas and he was great we spoke to him actually on the same night no smoke and mirrors here that we spoke to liam livingston just prior actually we've done it we sort of released these the wrong way round, if you like but um great but i mean what a player he is in county cricket you look at his stats brooksy and um he's just outstanding absolutely outstanding he's one of these players who's really benefited from the colpack system and Obviously, because he's such an influential player at Lanks, he's managed to get himself a, a, a just an overseas contract now, and he's the skipper, and he's he's just outstanding. And you'll have come up against him quite a bit, won't you, Jack? Well, how is he to face Dane Villas? Yeah, you're right, mate. He is outstanding. He's a he's a proper player. Um, he's an international standard player that's not playing international cricket. Um, useful keeper turned out to be a good captain, a good leader for Lanks. So, um, speaks really passionately and. Um, obviously really keen to, to build have build something there at Langs. Um and he's top man as well. And he's not Danish, which Dane Villas, I think <laughs> He's top guy, isn't he? Is that, is, that is absolutely shocking, Brooksy. Is that, that is absolutely well for? Is that what you think when somebody like pastry either? <laughs> well, he's a really good guest. So uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, having a listen again to Dane Villas. Actually, any other business before we tie off until sort of June time, gentlemen? Otherwise, we'll get straight yeah. into the podcast. Is uh, anything I've else? Got some business for you. Go on, bro. go on, Chris. We, we have sold out eighty percent of our allocations of tickets this summer, but we want to sell out one hundred percent. Obviously, we want more Barmy Army people in the ground. The better. The grounds want the atmosphere. We want you to come down. If you haven't got tickets yet, make sure you're quick to get them. Priority access for first-class members. We've still got reasonable allocations at some of the big test matches, Old Trafford, Trent Bridge. So get on there now um, to secure your ticket for next summer. It's going to be the biggest party ever when we're all back in the stands. I personally can't wait to just sing a few songs, have a few beers and put the last 18 months behind us. Everything but the podcast, of course. And um, crack on with a great summer. And I absolutely echo that. How good is it going to be if there's just like normal test match summer almost, you know, people just milling round grounds, heading into pubs and the like. It's going to be awesome. So definitely get yourself signed up, get some tickets booked in. Also, keep your eyes peeled because um, on the Barmy Army YouTube channel, there's going to be a few bits and bobs. Lots of people have watched your day in the life of Brooksy. Went down very well indeed. Uh, you're a bit of a comedian, actually. Um, shame it doesn't really come out on really here. Really not. Need to work on my on my gags, don't I? <laughs> well, if you're referring to people like Dane as being Danish and stuff, I, th- I don't think that's even a gag. I just think that's utter stupidity from you, Jack. Brutal. Brutal, a brutal end. Uh, thanks so much, by the way, if, if you have been downloading, following along, and if um, you've got some pals who are bereft of any cricketing content and they want to head to the Barmy Army YouTube channel and, of course, go to our full-back catalogue of guests. We've done some great guests. Look how great we are. We've done some brilliant guests, actually, haven't we? We've had Cookie and Jimmy Anderson and Liam Plunkett, Joe Rue and Paul Nixon. and I mean, the list is ridiculous. Ian Bell, Jack Russell... Just fantastic. Jimmy Neesham was brilliant. Alan Donald. So if you've not heard any of those, do go back and have a listen to them. They'll keep you entertained and occupied. 
um, throughout this summer. In the meantime, we'll leave you with Dane Villas, who is our final guest for the moment at the, on the Shackles Rock podcast. And thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Up the lads. Dane, thanks for joining us, mate, on on the podcast. Um, just tell us a little bit because we don't really know that much here. I think don't think our listeners will really know loads about sort of growing up and what it's like playing in South Africa as a as a young kid. We've only had one South African on the pod, and that was AD um, Alan Donald. And obviously, a lot of the stuff we were talking to him about was you know stuff that he's sort of done for South Africa. So I want to just know off you what what's it like playing provincial cricket and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, firstly, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's in South Africa. It's fantastic, actually. Um, it's really good. The uh, obviously the climate and everything is a little bit different, so that that's that's great. Um, being part of that, but um, yeah, it is slightly different. What you used to hear, it's growing up in South Africa. is a lot of school cricket, where the school system is very very strong, and a lot of the players that come through uh, and make it into provincial or first class cricket um, end up going through the schools. And then only later joining a club. So, for instance, I was at a school uh, called King Edward, King Edward the Seventh, and the, which is a very um, good cricket school. We've had guys, you know, Neil McKenzie, Graham Smith, uh, Quinton de Kock, all of those guys come through that type. Even Not bad, eh? Even uh, <laughs> Keaton Jennings, who uh, who plays with me here at Langs, and obviously you guys know he's uh, he was um, he, he represented the school. So that that's the, the major difference. But uh, yeah, saying that, I think it's very similar all around the world, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. What about lions and the cobras and this kind of stuff? I mean, that's all, um, you know, to a lot of our listeners, and I'll be honest myself as well, you hear, oh, you're playing for the lions and AD was banging on about, that, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And we've, we've got no idea, but that's where you've played most of your cricket, isn't it? Prior to getting the Colpac status and coming over. So what was what's it like is it competitive is it fiery is it feisty is there sort of big crowds you know it, you talk just tell us a little bit more about that to begin with yeah absolutely. i mean the, the system changed a couple uh, a long time ago actually where they they went from the i think we had 11 uh, provinces playing um and then they went to the sort of um australian model where it was uh, the franchise system where you had the systems pretty much like the hundred is now where you have different sort of counties joining each other and forming one um, one team. Uh, and that would make um, the idea behind that was getting strength versus strength. So getting the best players in the um, in the system playing against each other week in, week out and trying to make it real competitive cricket. And then obviously underneath that, you have your uh, your second team cricket, which is more your provincial sides and all of that. Um, the idea was to have um, bigger crowds and at the stadiums, it would be, you know, you'd have a lot of people watching. Obviously, there's a huge interest with... Um, with cricket and sport in South Africa. So um, it, is pretty, it is pretty big. And, you know, I played in front of uh, quite a few um, supporters uh, at the grounds. Um, you know, no better place than the Wanderers or at Newlands, you know, playing in front of a packed house, which is amazing. Uh, unfortunately, you know, in the recent years, the, the crowds have sort of dipped. And, but I think that's because of a couple of things of, you know, rugby being a massive um, sport in South Africa. 
And then with guys, like, things like the Super 14 or the Super 15, whatever it is at the moment, the season's getting longer and longer. They would take up a lot of time. So, you know, they would cut that. And then obviously TV being so good, people want to stay at home and, and watch it on, on TV, you know? Yeah, yeah we saw that on our recent trip to South Africa. The passion for cricket for the people that were there was just unbelievable. It's only really seen that the English are passionate, but the fire in the belly for South African fans and seeing your team do well again with people like Rabada, Quinton de Kock doing well. It's really, really good to see that. It seems like it's maybe back on the up in South Africa as well, maybe. Yeah, I think it took a bit of a dive with, um, with some of the things that were going on um, behind the scenes. Um, it still is um, going on with that. But, you know, once, once the players get on the field and once they play, there's, there's huge support and passion. Um, you know, having those, those different uh, venues, like if, you know, Newlands uh, yeah. or um, a New Year's Test match is one of, you know, it's probably an, on a bucket list for many people to go and watch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as a player, if you can, if you can play in that, that's, that's one of the, you know, that in Australia is, is huge. Uh, be fantastic um and then places like pe if you go watch in pe i'm sure you you know in that in the recent series there you've got the band playing in the background you've got the, you know people watching and doing that it's very very good and then, as you say it can get quite uh, quite um quite heated and and in the stands it's you know there's been some good stuff <laughs> i was gonna say you've got a experience which we'll come on to later on about um pe <laughs> which you know exactly what i'm referring to we'll, uh, we'll come bring that up a little bit later on uh, brooks you've played a bit in in south africa and you've obviously played against dane a, a fair amount and um i mean you love it you absolutely you, you've talked really highly of playing in potch and stuff in the pre-season stuff and playing some you know some really competitive games there um yeah, it's a great place to play cricket, not just for the cricket though as well. You get the um, the off-field activities and things you can do over there. And Castle Light, obviously a nice drop as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've played against Dane quite a lot. Obviously, with the, when he's been at Langs and I was at Yorkshire, we played against each other a couple of times and had a few good tussles in the Roses games. And I'm pretty sure I played against him on the Lions tour back in 2015 when he was still in the mix over there, I think. Yeah, we would have. Um, definitely would have played against you, Brooksy. I've got one... Memory of you here, actually sitting here at the ho- in the hotel. I, I think I was fielding at um, Car Corner once when you hit your six to go to a hundred. I think your first hundred. <laughs> you know, oh God, I can't. I wasn't going to bring it up, mate. I've talked about it. I know. Too much. I, Dang. I, to, I to address the elephant in the room. You know, every Dang. week. Every that week. The, that was part of the email briefing. You know, don't forget to mention that. <laughs> Dane, you're getting right into the spirit of the podcast. I love it. I love oh, that so yeah. much. Uh, just uh, just quickly on that, Brooks is a hate. Well, you know what? I think now he does hate it because <laughs> we've we've like sort of brought it up so many times. What was that like? What was uh, just to explain that uh, for for the listeners? What it was like when you saw Brooksy Brooksy smash one over Cow Corner for six, and then do well, his I didn't little get a, drop. I didn't get my hundred with a six. I got oh, a, little, not. a little nudge to Chanderpool because he had his hands in his pockets. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty cold day. I don't think he'd be bothered. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it was good for me from my point of view, but it was a good, it was a hard game. I remember it being a hard game of cricket and we were in the shit when I went in. So the most proud thing was the fact I managed to dig us out of a hole, but um, sort of Dane's licked us around plenty of times in a few Roses games over the years. So. I think a couple of things I remember about that was obviously that I think there was your, there was your first hundred, your first hundred yeah. massive game, everything. Um, we were doing pretty well and I think things were going nicely and then obviously you came in and, and just, absolutely killed us so I don't think Shiv was the only one with his hands in his pockets with disappointments there um and then when you nudged it and hit it down and then did the bat drop uh or the mic drop 
you know, really obviously rattled a few feathers on the, on the other side of the balcony. Um, so they were a thing about that. But you know what? You've inspired a few of the guys. I've got Tom Bailey constantly nagging me about this is going to be his season. He's going to get 100. He's going to do the bat drop uh, or the mic drop, whatever. So he's got a pencil then. Um, so you've been, you know what? Thank you. And a, a bit of an inspiration for, for, some, for, the, for the bowlers here as well. You know? Well, one thing I tell our bowlers, because most of our bowlers have got hundreds, but um, obviously Leachy got 90 odd at Lords. Um, Josh Davey is a pretty handy tail under himself and I've always said look if I can get one anyone on the circuit can get one as long as they're batting nine or it's tough at 10 or 11 but if you're batting nine or above you just got you've got to cash in when you can but Leachy should have a couple because he's a night watchman he's actually got decent defense but you nearly got a test under Leachy (laughs) exactly he threw away uh, he could have been on the honors board at Lords which would have been embarrassing (laughs) absolutely love it do you think you played your best stuff over here Dane since you've come over because you had that stint in the South Africa side, you've come over and I mean, look, since you've joined Langs, you've just absolutely flown captaincy, promotion, three double hundreds, averaging, you know, over 45, like smashing it. Just what, what's the difference? What, what was the sort of attraction with coming over in the first place and what, what's probably brought out your best cricket? Well, I think coming over, obviously, you know, we, we hear the stories that it, when, when you're growing up as a youngster, you always want to come and play club cricket in, in, in the UK. Um, that's sort of in your, in your pre-season, in your off-season, sorry, you want to come over and play, um, earn a few pounds when you come here, you know, experience a different way of life, which is fantastic. Um, so that's always been in the background. And then obviously following, you know, some of my heroes growing up, um, the, the next best thing was to play uh, county cricket and really experience and, and do different things here so that's that's exactly what I wanted to do and, and come over um, unfortunately for me it didn't go as well as I, I planned when I, when I played for South Africa um, but again we had a quite a you know young up-and-coming keeper who, who wasn't too bad and you know, Quinton de Kock you know he's done all right so sort of forced his way so we're not a good <laughs> not a bad thing for for this African team and uh, and that and, and he's done fantastically well but um, you know my dream was always to come and play county cricket but I just think, you know, being here and seeing that there's, you know, there's just an opportunity for, for everything. You know, you've got so much, you know, you know, chance to shine and flourish and there's no ceiling. You know, it's, it's completely up to you. Uh, and everybody's so supportive of what it is. Obviously, you know, you're coming over here to do a job um, and there's expectations on you, but they give you every single, you know, these huge avenues, whatever you want, you, you pretty much get it, which... Uh, which is great, and they just let you do your thing. Um, you, you picked a good club as well, Dane. I think one of the one of the biggest and top clubs in the country to play for. They obviously will look after you, but the things you get with that club as well, you know, like that test ground is unbelievable, now, isn't uh, it? Absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the way they look after us. I, I know. I just I joke whenever I go into our pre um, end of uh, season reviews and all that. And what more can we do? You know, I'm used to coming from playing for Cobras or Lions, which is one of the most successful franchises in the country. And we've got a part-time physio. We've got one bowling machine. I think we, in South Africa, we have one Merlin machine, which uh, eat, every two months gets shared out between the franchises. That, uh, and here we've got three or four and Truman and, you know, five, five physios and a part-time physio or everything, you know? So I don't know what more we, we could get, but I've, you know, it's just, there's so much opportunity and you know you've only got yourself to blame i think if you if you don't um if you don't take it yeah. you probably want some more sunshine though 
We could do with a little bit more sunshine, you know. <laughs> it's so irritating, honestly. 20 degrees on the weekend or yes, last week we played against uh, Derbyshire. Beautiful. Boys are complaining and now it's down to one degree. For, I was actually I was actually going to say that then when you first came on, you said about the transition of um, climates and you did choose Manchester out of all the places in the UK. <laughs> know, it's like the worst one. Could have gone to the worst place for weather. Like, come on, mate. Get to Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's miles better in Edinburgh, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, good man. Um, I mean, you just talked about South Africa there. You know, you had a stint in the obviously in the international setup, and you kind of concede that obviously Quinton de Kock has been brilliant for South Africa. But do you think you got a fair crack of the whip? Because the thing that I was referring to earlier is at Port Elizabeth. Do you know about this, Brooksy? Where Quinton de Kock's obviously in the side, and did he go down in the warm up or something, Dane? You'll have to tell the story properly in a second. And then basically, Dane's flown in from Joburg to PE. Yeah. And he's, and you, you actually arrived at the ground 45 minutes after the game had started. I mean, yeah, that's no warm ups. Perfect. No warm ups. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then no excuse. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, so that was a bit of a roller coaster. It's actually the other way around. I went from oh. I was playing um, down in PE, and I got um, a phone call from the, uh, the, the the manager, the team team manager, and at six o'clock, uh, half past six in the morning, and he was just like, he phoned me and said, "You need to get uh, where are you? you? You need to get to um, to the Wanderers. Uh, we're playing against England." Um, and I and I was, I was panicking. Went downstairs, told the coach. He he already knew and. Um, you know, it was it was so funny because you rush and you get everything excited. You, I was packing my bags. I, you know, the lady was like, "Here's your flight, get on." You rush, literally, hundred hundred miles an hour to the airport, jump on the plane, sit for two hours. And then just <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything, can you? Yeah. No, you know, almost like looking at your watch. Come on, you know, telling the pilot. You know, I've got I've actually got something on this this morning. If you could mind hurrying up. <laughs> so get there and then off the plane straight into like a VIP. Thing, uh, police escorts going through red robots or red lights sorry um to the ground and and arrive and um i think we lost the toss and we, we were batting so then again you know get there all excited rush and then uh, and then and then stop uh and wait for my turn to bat um i think i got 30 or in, in the first innings and then uh got caught uh somewhere pulling um shock uh, <laughs> but uh, and then all of a sudden you know um unfortunately Stuart broad decided to to catch on fire and you know bowl us all out um well thankfully i didn't get one of his i wasn't one of his six but then another another guy who ruined my test career is james taylor and every time someone in the uk takes a, a, a one-handed catch or a good catch that always gets pulled up so i'm constantly on twitter um, you know, and you know especially when we play against like Yorkshire or something and Johnny Besto every single time I come in and there's a short leg he reminds me about it um, so I've got some fond memories of, of playing but also there's some uh, there's some memories that I you know <laughs> I forgot hey, any, any exposure is good exposure mate yeah, yeah. Well, exactly you know so that's all right I've got very fond memories of that day, Dane. I was um, in the stands singing Brody along, so ap apologies for that, but it was a, a very good day to be an England fan. I do remember the Barmy Army going completely mental, which was, uh, which was an amazing <laughs> sight. I mean, a full house at the Wanderers and just being part of that was, was, was incredible. Yeah. Do you know, um, do you guys know that Gary Balance is in the crowd that afternoon? Yeah, I don't know I if do we know that story. mentioned that, but yes, I, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he won a bet with Chris Jordan for like a hundred rand, and uh, obviously Broad went on a mission and went through. Yeah, so he had to rush back and pretend he had just come from the hotel. But I'm, I'm sure we'll have that story another time. I just wondered if you were aware of that day. <laughs> I, I, I tell it to Samet Patel about that. He was texting him. Um, they came down for breakfast and he was asking, are you going to join me for breakfast at about whatever? I think they were having a day off. And then um, he sent a, a photo with him within a, with a beard or a, you know, sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can imagine that guy. He's a loose, he's a loose cannon, but he's a funny man. We'll wow. have to get that story off Gary at some point on here because it sounds like a good one, that one, actually. But... <laughs> Oh dear. Tell me, Dane, about your um your journey, obviously coming over as a cold pack with obviously you've added so much to the Lancashire set up into county cricket, being you know a high quality player in your own right, whether you be overseas or cold pack. Are you overseas status now? Overseas now, yeah. Is so that just because of Brexit, Dane? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to like have a couple of minutes of serious chat for once on this thing, but how tough was that knowing that you, you were in a bit of limbo when the rules changed and obviously being such a, you know, a leader at Lancashire as well. Um, what, what sort of was going through your head and did you have any sort of inclination from Lancs what they would be doing contract-wise in terms of getting you as an overseas? Yeah, look, it was very difficult because the one thing about the Colpac ruling, when you come over, you, you sign a declaration to say that you are making yourself available to play here as a, as a local player. Um, and you, you know, you sort of give up all your rights to play in South Africa or in sort of really in South Africa. Um, and I understood what I was doing when I came over and I had every single intention of, of doing that. Um, and I was going to carry on even to the fact that, you know, we've, we've come and made a life for ourselves here at the moment. You know, my wife and I and my two kids, we live here. Um, they at school. She's working. We've bought a house, everything. You know, we, we, we want to settle in the, in the UK for the time being. So, We've made we've made that transition, and then all of a sudden, well, we sort of knew it was coming, but with Brexit and everything, that that was a bit of a shock, and he was sort of in limbo of what was going to, what was going to happen. But fair play to the club and to Paul Ellis, um, they were amazing. You know, they right from the word go, we had um, talks about they wanted to they wanted to carry um, keep me on, um, and and I signed a new deal, so it would be whether or not I would stay if we stayed as a local, the ruling. Happy days. That was first prize. But if we went to uh, overseas status, depending on if we got um, the two overseas clauses or, and all of those things that the PCA and the ECB were talking through, that would be. And then they would just sort that all out. And I would be the, the, the next overseas, well, the overseas plus another one. So they were excellent and really, really kept. And I think that's your point on being at a great club, at a good club where they, you know, give you so much opportunity. That was really good from, from their point. So I was never really worried um, with what was going to happen, but um, you know. I was say, there's probably there was probably a few South African lads out there. I know that a few lads who end up losing their contracts because counties were which didn't keep them on either as an overseas as well. Um, yeah, look, it, it, it is so very... tough outside of cricket, just as a normal human, like you've come over to set up life and take advantage of the ruling that is there. Um, well, one thing I did find difficult was when the hundred, um, you know, came out. Um, Obviously, last year being picked up as a local and and, mm. and getting pretty, uh, you know, the good. Uh, yeah, you went from top dollar in that, didn't you? And then obviously now being, you know, in the different brackets and with the whole rules change and everything that's gone on, and the small and the lesser the overseas uh, opportunity again not being picked up. So that that was a, a big one. So Brexit cost me uh, in a in a in a way. And wow. it's, you know, that's, 
it, look again it is what it is we know cricket there's things happen sports it constantly changes so can't really be too too worried about that just got to go and do the job here now this mean you you would be keen to get back in the Protea side uh, I, I, I think to be honest my time is, is done there um, like I said I, I'm here now I'm committed into um, here at Langs and you know here in the UK um, it, it's getting harder and harder to to leave my my children, my family, you know, they're six and three at the moment. And they've they got Lancastrian accents now, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> they've got, so we've got six African accents, so don't worry. Hey up, hey up. Yeah, yeah, they're having a tatty barn cake for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we practice, we practice lacquer and gunjani and, you know, mshlanga, every single, um, they know, we just have to keep the roots there. And we, have a, and we always, always have a bra, never a barbecue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I like that. They'll be cool at school for that as well, won't they? Yeah. You could go out for a bray. Yeah, you have a bit of street cred, so it'd be all right. Hopefully. One, of my, one of my teammates, who you'll know very well, Rula van der Merwe. Absolutely. He's, he's been over here for quite a while. He plays under a Dutch pass, but he says he's Dutch now, let alone English or South African. <laughs> but um, he, he came over, uh, I don't know how many years ago now, but he's got two daughters that are maybe like 10 and 8. Yep. When he came over, they were both uh, they were born in South Africa. They, were, they didn't speak any English. They only knew Afrikaans. And now they're very West Country, forgotten all the Afrikaans. They take the mickey out of their parents for being these Africans who just <laughs> <laughs> a bit yeah, rogue. Like, and... Rula, he, I mean, he's calm. He'll understand all of that stuff. That's <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> he hates it, but um, yeah, he's funny. But it's good to speak to someone like that. Um, obviously, we've signed Marchant as well, another friend of yours from South Africa. Launch Afrikaner as well. And they're both very Dutchy boys, aren't they? And um, but they've had incredible journeys and you just got to take your hats off to the guys for wanting to up, up sticks and move over and go through what you have. And, you know, whether people agree with the ruling when it was around or not, it's, it will benefit the game for the quality players like yourselves. So, and you can only learn off these guys as well. 100%. I mean, just going back to that, you know, those six tests that you played, I mean, look, was it your test debut that was washed out because of a cyclone? I mean, that doesn't happen to many people. <laughs> oh, well, we uh, we went to uh, Bangladesh. I don't know what who who was doing the um, the tours program at the time, but we went in monsoon um, conditions. Uh, nice, yeah. Just what you want. If you look at um, that yr.no and you can turn the phone on the graph, it was it was it was off the charts. Like it was, uh, it was ridiculous. Oh no, flooding and it was crazy. So. Um, it was actually funny because I did some I did some commentary for um, talk talk sports during the, um, the England and everything. So I had my T uh, Twenty debut um, got cut short for rain, so rained off um, international. My Test match uh, also debut got rained off first day we played, and then my talk sport one uh, Corona, so that also got called off. So, <laughs> all my <laughs> Around. So it's probably fitting that I'm actually in Manchester. You Manchester, know? yeah. I played six tests and three or three were washed out. So, oh really? Yeah. See, that's not a fair crack, at it, is no, it? Really? And I mean, we, went, we went on a nightmare tour where Hashim Amla was the worst coin tosser in the world. We lost every single toss, and um, similar to the England series now, where the, you know you you couldn't play on on, on the wicket, we're just absolute buns and burners. So. I remember the guy was telling us the, um, one of the tests in Nagpur that we said, he said some beautiful tiger parks um, in the area because make sure you have a look because this test match is not going past three days. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was classic. Guys, that, was quite, that was quite fun. 
Yeah. And also, oh. I mean, on that, you know, we should have seen the writing was on the wall because I think the first test match we played, Dean Elgar was taking a, took a fifer before T. And everyone is all so excited. And then you were thinking, okay, Ashwin, Jadeja. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be under a bit of pressure here, you know. No chance against those boys, have you? No. That's that's hilarious. I mean, look now. I mean, you know, whatever happened with this whole test career thing, it, we we in the county championship, which you know I love watching. It's great, um, and uh, it's I can't wait for it to get going again and have all the grumpy members and stuff watching it all the all the grounds and you know grumbling <laughs> away with the pat lunch. But you've got great responsibility because Lancastrians are very proud. Um, aren't they? They're very proud of the red rose thing, a bit like Yorkshire people in Brookshire have experienced that. But you know, you've got players like Liam Livingston and Joss Butler and Jimmy Anderson and Keaton Jennings, and the list goes on. Obviously, when they're around and available, but you've also got some fantastic players as well in in your team to sort of skipper and guide and lead with the red rose on your chest. So that 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 counts for a lot. Have you found that difficult? I mean, you, have you always been a natural leader? I don't know, Dane. Um, yeah, I've sort of been in leadership role. They haven't been a, um, a captain or anything. I think I've been quite fortunate that I've had some great captains, um, you know, coming up and, and learning from them. Guys, you know, like I've said, Neil McKenzie before, you know, I had Justin Kemp, who was a, a big figure. Uh, and then even at, at the Cobras, when he was available, was Graham, Graham Smith. So just watching how those go, those guys go about it and watching them has been fantastic. Um, obviously, it's a huge honor coming over here as a foreign player, and, you know, being um, asked to captain um, a, big, a big county and a big club like this was amazing. So I was very happy with that. And we've got some, some, some big players that I need to, to look after. You know, obviously, you know, um, it's quite different captaining uh, Jimmy Anderson. You just basically just give him the ball and ask him what he wants. And he did the rest, <laughs> which is, you know, makes me, I just, you know, just make me look good. Which is makes you look good. Fun, you know, <laughs> I, it's absolutely perfect i mean it's not really that difficult i just have to put a first and second slip in and then the uh, jobs are good in, you know so get in there um but you're right like you know having you know different guys and but that's that's a great thing about it and and i think the great thing about especially up north and books will tell you is um there's such a you know, uh, amazing culture yeah um and the, and the people are, are great not to say down south they're not great but i really uh, um I love it, you know, being part of this. And we've got some really good players who you've mentioned as well. Some guys who are pushing for, who are not quite in the England system yet, but pushing, you know, like Parky and Seki Mahmood and, and Livy, like you say, who are making their way. Um, and then we've got a lot of youngsters coming through, um, you know, the George Baldessons of the world. Um, um, we've got George Laval, everyone like that, who, who, who played under 19 and really pushing. And that'll be a big season for them. You know, Tommy Hartley, Jack Morley, or these, these younger guys who are, who got exposure last year because of what was happening with the bubbles and everything, which is, which is good to see. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. And, and like you say, really looking forward to, to getting out and playing and having a full season, hopefully. Yeah. Just a bit. You like the new look, uh, like the conferences versus Div 1, Div 2? I do like it. You know, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. It's different. You know, it gives yeah. you the opportunity to play other people. Uh, like you know, I've been here five years now, which, uh, and I, there's some, there's a team that I've only played once. Which is which is amazing. So now you now you play different people, there's different opportunities. You go up and down, and then there's you know um, Lord's final, which is which is amazing. Hopefully, if we can if you can get there, which is a nice uh, sort of uh, carrot, you know, to look at. Yeah, just super September we're calling it, aren't we? Yeah, super is that what it's September. being branded as? Is it <laughs> sponsored by Specsavers or something? <laughs> no, I, think I think it's really good. It's gonna be class. 
Mm. So I think it'd be good. Nice change. And he's a bit of a spruce up as well, which is which is nice. Yeah. Just a bit. Peaks a bit of interest, you know, amongst younger people. I mean, people love looking at the scorecards and looking at the clips online, but, you know, getting them to the ground and kind of supporting and really getting stuck in is different, isn't it? So I think that'll be really good. I um, just want to change tactic before we kind of um, dip off, if you don't mind, Dane. You've done some acting, haven't you? How did that come about? You played Alan Donald, um, who we've mentioned yeah, before on the podcast. Superstar. Is this um? How did how did it come about that? Because obviously, you know, you, you, I mean, do you look like him? I can't really work it out to be honest. Him accent. <laughs> the accent. Yeah. Nice one, Brooksy. Yeah. Like, what, the, what the lighting here, you know, is not great. Um, <laughs> I've got a makeup as well, but also I, the only makeup you really need is just the wall paint. You know? Yeah, true. <laughs> Good shout. Um, yeah, look, it, it was a bit, it was a bit weird. I think the, the director who was who was doing it was looking for. Uh, cricketers rather than than actors to to do some parts so it was so funny I, I went in and you know the guy said please come for an audition read a few lines um for for one of the roles um i would think i was tall enough to be alan donald that maybe he was the only i was the only guy who didn't who showed up for the role um, so <laughs> tall to and then i got the old line we'll call you don't call us vibe and then the next next week i was i was on a plane and going off to to do some acting somewhere um it was a little bit difficult because I also, again, you know, the, the, the guy who was directing didn't really know cricket uh, too well. Um, and he just said, just run up like Alan Donald, as, you know, fast as you can. And what we want you to do is bowl the ball, nip it back and hit the middle stump, cartwheel if you can. Okay. <laughs> <Great> action. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there was a lot of, what, what do they call it? Uh, CGI or those, those <laughs> uh, behind the scenes stuff. But uh, yeah, look, it's on, it's on the CV, you know. Um, they'll give it to me every now and again. Um, and I'd love to see it pop up on Coronation Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm a guest appearance, you know. Well, I'm starting off well, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the podcast here now. You never know anything is possible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, this is the platform. This is why you've come on, isn't it? Your yeah. acting agent got, got in touch and they said, look, we tried to get him a fast bowling gig yeah. on that and it didn't work. So uh, acting. Coronation um, Street next. <laughs> exactly exactly i was gonna say what so what what next i mean look obviously you've got several years left and all that kind of thing you want to stay here presumably i mean is that is that the intention um you know i mean i don't know why having been in south africa and to, and in manchester i know where i'd rather be but um, what, um what's your thinking dane yeah look i mean i want to i want to play as as long as i can and while while the old body still holds up for a bit um which, which is, you know, the plan and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I think I've got a few years left in me. Um, I'm studying a, uh, a master's in sports directorship at the moment. Nice. Uh, through Manchester Met. I mean, my, well, hopefully finishing off this year. Um, I will do my, my coaching badges, but it's almost impossible to get on, on those things, which is, you know, which is a, another thing that I think the ECB need to look at. Um, yeah. The players, more opportunity to go on that. But um, yeah, you know, we'll see where, where, where it goes. Um, like I said, my wife is working. She's um, she's flying at the moment and, and and hopefully going up the ranks after, you know, looking after me and the kids um, while we've been touring around for for a long time. So she's taken a burden. So hopefully I can I can sort of tapering down and she can sort of start climbing up and then, you know, hopefully stay home 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 and look after stay the kids. Home dad, yeah, stay at yeah. home, dad. Yeah, Just, stay nah, home. I won't do that. I'll I'll, I'll try. I'll try to keep um, try to do something else, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's important. You have to do something. Um, and mm. keep 
And what about what about sort of giving advice? You know, if there's young South African players now who probably aren't going to quite make it into the South Africa setup, or they haven't harboured ambitions of doing so, would you still recommend the county championship? You know, it was a dream of yours when you were a youngster. Would you still recommend it to any teenager now in this in the system um, to come over? Is it all that it was cracked up to be? Absolutely, and more. I would, I would say so. You know, if you can, you can come over um, and get the opportunity to play. I think you should definitely take it. But saying that, firstly, the first and foremost is, you know, the ideal is to to give yourself a crack to represent your country, um, do as well as you can there, and and give yourself that fair opportunity. Um, you know, my reasons for coming over was not um, was not just to you know, the, the people say for financial or that or you know the the coal packs that came. It was I wanted to play for South Africa. That was always my dream to do that. And unfortunately, I, I couldn't anymore. And the next best thing for me was to come and play county cricket, which I think is that next level down, which is which is amazing. And, you know, live out sort of my dream of doing that. So I would really recommend that to someone. But any youngster coming through is, you know, try to push as far as you can and do as well as you can for your, your country. Yeah. Hey, Dane, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I hope it goes well this season as a Yorkshireman. Not too well, but yeah. I hope it does go really well, mate. And I uh, wish you all the best with everything. Cheers, James. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, no man, Cheers, Dan. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Sports Social Podcast Network.